Hi everyone, it's Olga Zar from SEO Sly. Welcome to SEO Podcast by SEO Sly. Today, my guest is Gas Pilogia. Gas, how are you doing? I'm doing very well. How are you? I'm well as well. And I think it is, I often record in the evening. It will be, I think, one of the few episodes with daylight. So that's good. Okay, guys. So can you briefly introduce yourself for people who don't know you? Who are you up to when it comes to SEO? Where are you based? Uh, sure. Uh, hi, everyone. I'm uh, Gus Pelogia. I've been doing SEO for 11 years now. I'm from Brazil and I started jumping countries. I did a bit of SEO in Argentina. Then I did a few years in Holland. And the last six years I've been in Ireland. And I did a bit of everything in SEO from agency to in-house to link building to content. And what I'm doing now, uh, I work as an SEO product manager at Indeed. And it's definitely the most exciting SEO role I ever had. Wow, wow. So I, I'm pretty sure your SEO story will be very interesting because this is what I would like to focus on today. So can you take me way back into your beginnings? How did you start with SEO? How, how did it all happen that you landed in the SEO world? And when, when exactly did you start? Yeah, so I actually graduated in journalism and I thought my life would be in the newsrooms. I wanted to be a music journalist, uh, you know, travel with bands, interview bands, even wrote a book, um, oh. like a Rolling Stone style, uh, interviewing different, you know, people from the, the punk rock mm -hmm. scene in Brazil, uh, from musicians to uh, producers and, you know, everyone in between. And I was for sure that that was my dream career. But at some point, I also wanted to live abroad for a little bit, even if it was, you know, three months and then come back. I, I had that desire. And mm -hmm. it's been uh, quite some time now, 11, 12 years, can't even remember. Um, but so I moved from Brazil to Argentina to learn Spanish and stick for a few months and see what would happen. And I started meeting people. I got a, an internship at the Spanish school. And... The person that was my boss um, right there, he started, you know, talking about SEO and saying, oh, you know, there's this thing about links and there's a bit of, you know, should write a couple of blog posts about this and that. And that was my first introduction to it. Um, and that same school, I was an intern for three, four months, uh, learned Spanish properly and moved on. But I got uh, very close with uh, one of the owners. And he knew people at a, an OTA, an online travel agency that it, it was, or maybe still is, the biggest one in, in South America at the time. So one time he just brings me to play football and say, hey, this, uh, you know, this guy's looking for a job and introduced me to, to a director. And a couple of months later, I got my first uh, SEO role. And again, it was like, I think that was the first moment that I, I made a connection with both things that I had studied in life. Uh, I did journalism school, but in high school, I did a bit of IT. So like the, the foundation for coding, foundation for hardware, like all the, the very basics and HTML is one of those things. So for me it was, oh, so if I look at the code, I can understand what the page is about and I can, 
you know, so those ideas about the page titles and descriptions and, and links, uh, those things I, I had done a bit of, you know, uh, hand, hand writing or uh, hard coding some of these things. So for me, it was putting together both things that I had studied before. Uh, I was very confident in me and my ability to create stories to get links and understanding as well that I could make a few changes on the page and see how, how they would perform. So um, it was very exciting to find a new career that happened to involve the only two things I had set in life until then. Uh-huh, uh-huh, okay. And can you tell me more about your first SEO job? What exactly you were doing there? What were yeah. the... Yeah, so it was, a, it, was a comp it was a company called uh, despegar.com or in, in Brazil was decolar.com and just means takeoff.com. Um, and I was doing a bit of content. So on, on all, all the landing pages we had, like uh, uh, there was one specific keyword that it was 50% of all the revenue we would get from SEO. So essentially uh -huh. we, we would spend most of the time just monitoring one keyword and there were a lot of things that we would do, like maybe you'd get a, a couple links and you look back the next day, people say, oh, you're number one again. Okay, we fixed this. And then as you get a little bit more into SEO and you learn how, how things work and see different scenarios, you look at it, it's like, oh, actually that link just made no difference at all. Like Google was just testing, you know, whatever. It's just bouncing back every other day. We could... You know, we could be on the holidays, we would go back to position one. And so mm -hmm. it was interesting to see the, the excitement and the certainty people had about things and later just reflect on the actual impact um, you're having. Um, but I do remember doing a campaign that got some links on on big, um, big publications and even the CEO came to email me about it, which was uh, we wanted to show it was an infographic. Uh, back in the days, uh, uh -huh. graphics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was how much it was a, a price of how much would it cost to watch all of the. It wasn't even the World Cup. It was some football competition? I think uh, uh, Confederations Cup or something. Uh, how much would it cost to travel to see uh, Brazil in all the in all the games? Mm -hmm. So it was simply just, uh, you know, here's a price estimation of flights between the city and that city and how much is the average ticket for it for the match. So and it was it was an interesting thing because after we spent a lot of resources making the infographic and whatnot, some publications made their own infographic. And then I kind of realized, actually, maybe I didn't really need the infographic at all. It, the story is, is what mattered here, really. Mm -hmm. Like people wanted to know okay, so if I want to see Brazil in all of these matches in this competition, this is how much money it costs. Like, okay, that, that's interesting. Uh, but the mm -hmm. infographic was just a way to display that. It wasn't really the, the main source of information, right? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Okay, so, so can you tell me more about like storytelling and link building? Because I think you you that as well. Yeah, so I, I think my my first years in SEO were quite a lot about this because that was the knowledge that I had. Like as a journalist, I would be getting press releases uh, all day long and get uh, PR people calling me and trying to convince you about things. And 
Yeah, I think for me it was always interesting to try to find stories on something. Like you can get some boring information and turn into something exciting. And I did another campaign many years later um, about things that people lose at the airport. And the, the story actually happened because I lost a Kindle um, in a trip to Italy. And I started checking with all the, the airlines and the airports to see if they had a lost and found. And one airport actually had a, a list of everything that people lost um, in there. So they were classifying all passport, ID, driver's license, or computer, phone, tablet, and, you know. So I essentially just bundled together into fewer categories and put into percentages and say, here are the things that people uh, tend to lose at the airport. And it got some good coverage as well. The information was already there. Um, I just packed on, on a different way and having myself the experience of losing something, I realized that that was an interesting story to put together. So I think it's about looking for stories on places that, you know, maybe the, the information's already there. You just need to package in a different way. Okay. Okay. Awesome. And can you tell me more about your current current job and indeed what exactly you do there? Because I think yeah. this is going to be interesting. Yeah. So it is completely different from everything we've discussed until now. Um, I joined Indeed as, as an SEO manager. Um, so I would be looking after some of the content we'll be writing on the, the product that I work for and and things like that working with uh, with writers but then the person that was doing the product management for us decided to leave and this was maybe less than two months that i was in the company so my boss asked me hey you seem to be very interested in uh, a lot of the technical things uh, we do and you know how to explain uh, seo lingo into something that is more manageable for for people that are not in our universe are you interested in taking his role and that's where we are. So uh, it just opened a whole avenue for me into thinking like a product manager. And so, yeah, like on, on day to day, what I try to do is I pitch ideas for things we want to develop and the impact they would have in SEO. And once the, that pitch uh, is approved by my manager or, or by other stakeholders, then we spend a couple of months developing uh, certain features for the website. Okay. And can you, can you name some of the features you have developed so far? Yeah. yeah. So uh, we did something on, on internal linking. So there's, um, you know, there are always different ways to surface things. Um, but the product that I have has um, uh, hundreds of thousands of pages. And we noticed that yeah. a lot of a lot of those wouldn't really get a lot of uh, internal link value or internal link love. And once you get into a, a certain size, it's very difficult to you know find spaces and say, okay, let's just go one by one here and and keep adding links. So we found different modules to to bulk it up how we distribute that link equity. Uh, maybe like one, the way we did was uh, category based. So if you have, let's say articles that belong to finding a job, uh, essentially found a way to rotate uh, those links that needed uh, those articles that needed mo most attention into that uh, sort of a footer that we have. Um, sometimes you do things together with different teams, right? So 
Um, I do, I, I spotted a, a few cases where I wanted to do something and UX was already doing it. So I just joined mm -hmm. something that they were doing. So we wanted to do some work on uh, a clustering content. So, okay, those articles are similar to those other ones. How can we do it? And before, into, before we got into any SEO, there was someone from UX saying, okay, semantically, it makes sense to connect connect these articles because this will improve the user experience when they're reading an article about uh, you know how to behave in an interview probably the next thing they, they want to do is uh, um, how to ace uh, a group interview or how to introduce yourself or or things like that so some of the steps will happen or should happen without any seo in mind so i kind of just joined forces and said okay I have engineering resources to help you with the implementation of this while UX is taking care of the, the business idea behind it. Uh-huh. And regarding those link optimizations, internal linking, can you share some results you got, got from that? Yeah, I mean, I think it's um, it will be um, the numbers won't necessarily make a lot of sense if you are not in, in the product. Uh-huh. Uh, but we do have... Um, a few things in in terms of millions. So, like one of these modules uh, got us uh, an increase of two million sessions per month. Oh, I think that's uh, sounds which is, nice. Which, which is very nice. Uh, but something that I find it very interesting with with indeed in general, and maybe other companies do something uh, things that are similar to this as well. But I, I haven't seen before working in smaller places is that we have a, a separate team that, uh, that's called Marketing Science, and they are looking to impacts of different initiatives. So mm -hmm. you know how SEO is very difficult to say, right? Oh, this is happening because we added 50 links yeah. to this page. Like, well, it could have been a Google update. It could have been a competitor that uh, messed up on something. It could have been anything. Exactly. But they do a lot of work with creating tests and control groups so they'll look into, they'll consider seasonality, they'll consider different factors along, as long as one, one group had a change, another group didn't have it, they're able to compare what is the impact that that change had. So I can actually pinpoint and say, you know, this uh, feature was responsible for 20% of the traffic increase or 10% or whatever it is. And that calculation happens without SEO in mind, uh, which I think is really good because otherwise we'll tend to say, oh, this only happened because we did this. But they can, you know, they look into statistically on a way that is outside of our universe and also take a lot of the SEO lingo out of it and just give it like a well-packed number to say, this is what happened. This is the percentage increase in traffic and in, you know, uh, account creates or reach or whatever you want to call it. Uh-huh. Okay. And what are, um, can you name like the biggest challenges in your current job, except for SEO being like hard to assess, actually, its impact? Yeah, I think uh, one thing that is that is difficult is to measure, uh, actually, the, I would say probably measure the potential impact of certain features before Let's say if I if I do another 
version of this internal linking uh, play we did already have a benchmark. So I can say I expect this or that. But if you're doing something completely new, that initial impact is hard to predict. Mm -hmm. So let's say if you want to do something on, let's say we did a we did a piece of work on hreflang, um, finding a way to automate that work with uh, writers. So once we give them a brief, they already find a, an equivalent on our product on a on a different language, and we are able to connect all of this. So I don't have to go and manually add hreflang, but my editors are already doing that. Mm -hmm. uh, even outside my CMS. Okay. Um, but that's hard to measure the impact, right? Uh, so I think when, when it comes to really big initiatives and because from time to time I will be pitching this, you know, our plans and what we want to do to, to, to a director or to my, you know, head of product. And I have to convince that person without any SEO lingo, what is the potential impact that something's gonna have? And like, I've been even trying to do things like uh, getting the the total search potential for a page instead of looking to keywords. Mm -hmm. And then I, I realized, oh, I have this information, but I'm missing, you know, information for 10,000 pages that I can't find anywhere else. So my estimations will be much lower than why, than what I really expect that we can reach, but I can I can just go and say, well, we don't have a, you know, we are underestimating this or we are overestimating this. So convincing people of the impact are really large initiatives. I think that's the the biggest challenge that I have right now. Uh -huh. Okay, that's that's interesting. And now, can you tell me what's the favorite part of SEO you you like the most? The favorite part of your job? I think. Well, so and this, why? I think this changes from time to time. Uh -huh. When I worked in, in, in agencies before, I would have six months that I would only think about technical SEO. And then I wanted really to get, uh, you know, bot visits and understand what was happening there. And then for uh -huh. six months, my whole life, sorry, then for six months, my whole life would be local SEO. It's like okay. everything you can optimize on GMB how can you automate, uh, how can you get more reviews, you know, are these pictures right? And how can we, um, you know, uh, verify all of these locations in bulk at once. And then for six months, it's link building. Whichever area that I see, there is an opening that I'm interested and I look around and there's nobody around me that really owns that area. I will spend a few months just doing that. And that's where I am now with product. So I am trying to connect everything from uh, SEO, UX, and we have an activation team, which is essentially the conversion team. So how can we work together um, and how the SEO initiatives actually will make sense, not just because SEO wants to do, not just because we're going to bring more people to the website, but how all of these interactions and all these different teams can work together. It can be something very silly. Like I was, um, we were doing something on, again, internal linking again. And I was talking with uh, what with, with, uh, UX and say, oh, so 
we see all of these opportunities in, in content, those, those pages are not uh, interlinked with, uh, with a proper anchor. And UX comes back to me and say, well, can I take a look at these anchors before we change, you know, before you change hundreds of them? Because I spotted something here that a user would expect to go to a job page, to a job search page, instead of going to another article which was an interesting thing because although, I mean, this is pretty obvious, right? Someone is reading an article and they get into a page like, oh, what this means? They go to, they click and go to the next page. But as SEOs, we tend to think, oh, I want to rank this page for this keyword. So uh -huh. let me put a link with this in here. But oh, like the ultimate goal, it's not necessarily people going to the next article, right? Like we, we want them we want to do that internal link, um, get all of that internal link power, but for the user, they want to find information. So I, I kind of realized, well, actually this anchor doesn't make sense if I'm thinking about the people that are on this page. So, or I change my anchor, or I actually get that anchor to link to the page that matters for the user, not necessarily the page that matters for me as an SEO. So you kind of need to put like those things together or um, like we are working on a feature that both SEO and, and the conversion teams can, can use. Um, but you know, it, it's interesting mm -hmm. to, to put all of these things together and make sure that what we are doing is not just for SEO, but it's actually for the user. And even if I want to think on a smaller scale, to make sure that all of the teams that are contributing for for something can actually have their their opinion and contribute the, the best way possible. Yeah, yeah, that's very, very, very interesting that you mentioned conversion and SEO and that they sometimes like to clash. I think recently someone ran a poll on Twitter asking if we SEOs should also be responsible for conversions. And I think the majority said yes. But I still think that a lot of SEOs don't necessarily think about conversions. Can you maybe share some tips for, for SEOs regarding how to increase their awareness of that, how to, how to be a better SEO with, with that in mind? Yeah, um, I mean, conversion is it's the reason why we do things, right? Uh, just bringing people to a page doesn't pay the yeah. bill. And... <laughs> It, it's. I, I think I started getting a lot of that awareness when I I became a, on on a previous job. I became a, an account manager, and I would be working with with clients a bit of on on the SEO strategy and getting someone in the team to execute, and also working with the social PPC and so on. But when I would talk with a client once a month for half an hour, they don't care about the you know that Google bots started visiting those pages yeah. or that we added structured data. Oh, Google is picking up the FAQ that we put in. Oh, we create a new about us page and we explain EAT. They want to know, am I making money? Yeah. Are you bringing the people that I need? So, you know, I'll convert them offline. I have a system for it, but I need to find the people that are interested in this first. And so once you take that, uh, once you put that hat, that your goal is not just to, uh, bring numbers to a page, but transform that into something else. 
transform that into business and into money, um, that that's when your mindset also also changes and you stop looking to, sure, traffic is nice. You know, we can be aligned there. Uh, there is a correlation, more traffic, more, or, you know, more conversions, but it's not always the case. So you need to start looking for, you know, ways to, to make that connection. Yeah, Maybe yeah. look into, you know, what are the types of pages that will have more, more conversion for you? Maybe, um, you know, blogs tend to have a lower conversion, uh, but, you know, could you have maybe test different CTAs on, on a page that you have a lot of traffic? Um, we already, you already have the people in. Is there a way to, you know, filter them or turn them into from, a, I don't know, free trial into a, an MQL or, you know, what a, I don't know what are the goals that, that you might have, but transform the uh -huh. traffic into something else. Sure. Like... Some time ago, I, I was auditing a site and I think this site had a lot of GA goals. And when I looked at conversions, it looked like awesome, like 100 or 200 conversions every day seems awesome. But then when I kind of analyzed it more deeply, it looked like the conversions were like totally irrelevant that they didn't even matter. I don't even remember what was, but basically almost anything counted as conversion kind of any action, whether it was relevant or irrelevant. So I would say the definition of what is really a conversion for us is also an important thing in addition to tracking it correctly and and, and tra yeah, tracking yeah. the traffic. Big time, yeah, big time. Yeah, I've, and sometimes you have to take things really like completely offline. Uh, yeah. I worked with a, with a company on the on the, the medical universe is like a private clinic for uh, men's health. Uh -huh. And we would have like a lot of conversations about, they, they knew very little about online marketing. They, you know, was just a, a doctor who uh, wanted more men with problems for him to, to deal with. And we like, we had long conversations. They would sometimes get like a, a nod, um, lead that didn't really make sense and they would be mad at us like oh i keep getting once a month there's this lead from uh, ireland where i, I happen to be based uh, uh -huh. as well and uh, we when we call back they don't uh, they never pick it up i can see this is a fake lead and it would come i don't know why it would come like every same day of the month something like this would happen so after a lot of conversations with them we started filtering uh, what we would count as a, as a lead under some other criteria that they have. And at the end of the day, the leads wouldn't just be on Google Analytics anymore. They would just be on a sheet. And, uh -huh. you know, talking with them, they started saying, oh, you know, it usually takes somewhere between three and six months from the moment someone gets in touch with us until they come to the clinic and they make a payment or they start a treatment. And, and then we started incorporating that into our process as well. So they would report back to us to say, uh -huh. oh, these leads became patients. So we were able to say, okay, the money you're spending here, it's turning into money on the other end. And because then the volume wasn't too big, we could actually go back and match. This is a person that came through SEO or PPC and, you know, they spend, I don't know, 10, 20 grand with you. 
So sometimes you can take a bit of the technology out and mm -hmm. go offline or, you know, take another, another place to find where things are actually happening and answer, transform that into something that is meaningful for your client. Yeah, sure. And I also have an interesting case. It was a bit different, but a company came to me and they ended work with their previous agency. And the moment they ended work in Google Analytics, they lost practically all of the traffic, most of the traffic. And at, at first it, it looked a bit odd because they lost organic traffic. So I was wondering what, what happened, what's yeah. going on. And then my, I, I didn't solve it 100%, but what I think happened is that they had someone hired who was simply clicking, like making a search on Google for top two or three keywords every day. And they simply stopped that the moment they ended. And this was the kind of traffic they were having, like, I don't remember a couple of hundred visits per day, but they were like totally useless, right? And not converting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's another way like to, to show that traffic sometimes is just meaningless. Um, no. But yeah, that, that's very, that's very sneaky of them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So you work remotely or do you go to the I, office? I, I go to the office once in a while, uh, but I mostly work remotely, remotely. Um, my, my team is also remote, but most, mostly in us. I have two colleagues mm -hmm. in, in Ireland, uh, which also means that sometimes I work the odd hour, um, in the evening, especially when we have sprint plannings and, and things like that. But I do have a lot of freedom. I can start at 8 a.m. or I can start at 10 or 11. Uh, today, mm -hmm. I went to uh, bring the car for a, for a, a check-in, you know, checkup. So I'm, I'm only started working uh, later in the day, but I know I'm going to work a, a little bit in the evening as well, which is fine. And yeah, I kind of love, I do miss the office a little bit. Um, I go sometimes for the free food and the barista and just to be on a different place, like take a little uh -huh. walk, listen to a podcast uh, on my way there. Um, uh -huh. But yeah, mostly just work from home. Uh -huh, yeah, I, I transitioned from office to like fully being fully remote, I think around four or five years ago. And the moment I managed to do that, I, I never really missed <laughs> going to the office. <laughs> yeah. I think for yeah, also what changed for me as well is that I moved outside Dublin. So mm -hmm. getting to the office is maybe a 40 minutes Drive. trip when before it would be a 10 minutes walk to the office. Uh -huh. And I also have a one year old. Oh, and yeah. So, so you know, you never know, you know, like we, we were talking before we started recording today. My day started at 5 a.m. And it was like, you know what? We slept from nine to five. This is actually good sleep. I feel refreshed so uh -huh. baby went went back asleep for another hour I was like I might just start my day I'd rather start on my own terms instead of uh -huh. sleeping for another 20 minutes and then I start getting deep asleep and I have to wake up and uh -huh. you don't feel refreshed anymore so I was like you know what I'm gonna have my coffee in peace and enjoy this little hour that I have in the morning <laughs> yeah awesome so my next question was supposed to be like, what does your day look like in this remote environment? Yeah, so I was listening to some of the other podcasts, uh, I think with Lydia. Mm -hmm. And 
as I was listening, I think you asked her the same question and I started already thinking like, oh, what, what, what would I answer? And the first thing that I like to do in the morning that gets me very excited for the day is to get those Jira updates on my email so I know that tickets that I've been waiting for were completed. Uh -huh. So I say, okay, I'm waiting for, I don't know, this structured data to be implemented or for this change that we expect is going to impact the page speed. Okay, oh, this was done. Okay, I'm excited to go and start tracking the results. So if I see that there is an important ticket that was complete, my day, it's already, uh, uh, you know, I already started the day very excited. And, but yeah, um, a bit of work in the morning, uh, different times. I can sometimes start at five, sometimes start at 10. And mm -hmm. I have pretty much, you know, uh, heads down time until, 3 or 4 p.m. and then meetings start from 4 to 6 or uh, 3 to 5 and then 8 to 9 or there's often there's uh, something in the evening one hour or so um, but yeah that that's kind of my day often I think oh this day is really quiet um, not much to do not a lot of you know pressure to deliver something today and then you think oh things are too quiet I, I should find something to get myself busy uh -huh. And when you realize it's at 4 p.m. and then everybody's online and all the questions, all the Slack messages I sent to people when they were sleeping, they started answering. And then at 6 p.m. I'm like, I have so much to do. <laughs> it's very similar with me because, yes, I'm also like in the European time zone and most of my clients are in the U.S. So like, yeah, until 5, until 3 p.m. I am mostly like free. And then <laughs> usually things then, start, oh, start to happen. Everything yeah. happens. Exactly. <laughs> and then I, I want to fin I want to finish the day. I may be, uh, you know, feeding my baby or cleaning the, the house or something. And then a message pops in. I'm like, if I answer to this now, they can't finish this tonight. Yeah. Instead of waiting for another two days. So I end up doing a bit of extra, uh, end up being, uh, you know, a little extra work on my phone. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I also do some work on my phone. Okay, so <clears throat> can you tell me how do you stay up to date with SEO? How do you learn SEO? Yeah, um, so I'm, I'm not sure how people do uh, on, on this. So I have two methods. One, I, I need to have on my son on board a daily SEO or competitor read. So, or spend some time on a competitor website even if it's just like reading, you know, something that they publish or looking at a, a job posting, uh, not necessarily with, uh, with SEO in mind, but just to understand the experience, uh, to stay up to date on how they're doing things. Or I have a daily SEO read, search engine land, uh, get an email every day at uh, 10 a.m. or 9 a.m. now because of uh, daylight savings, um, SEO FOMO once a week. Um, but I, I do tend to just like do have short reads from on, on, this, on this daily thing. And from time to time, if I really find a problem that I can't solve or something that I've been postponing for a while, suddenly I might spend one or two full days just reading. So I go, you know, how do you connect all of these pieces of structured data? So I'm gonna read different blogs, I'm gonna write a bit of code myself and put it together and start developing my own theories. So, you know, I might just do like a two day sprint on 
rating, 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 and then I forget about it for weeks, and then I go back on, you know, very intense reading for short periods. Or for six months. <laughs> or for six months. <laughs> That's interesting because I think it, it gives you a bit of deeper knowledge on basically all SEO aspects. Because like for, for me, I always was about like more about technical SEO, SEO auditing. And I still think that, for example, when it comes to local SEO, I should, I should do this deep dive for six months or something. <laughs> yeah, I feel like if I don't do this deep dive from, from time to time, you might just end up repeating what other people are saying. It's like, okay, mm -hmm. sure, Google said that this is uh, what's happening. Okay. But, you know, on the steep dive, like, like, I don't know, things that now I do all the time that I learned from the steep dives would be, you know, use a custom extraction or custom search on Screen Frog. So uh -huh. it's something that I discovered in one of these uh, deep dives years ago. And now I use every other week. Like, I want to say, oh, do these, are these guys using alters? You know, what's the percentage of pages that they have with authors versus not or how many mentions we have to this anchor on 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 our website and things like that um but and i keep showing to people you know every i don't know every couple of months i show to someone else oh you can do this is screen frogs like oh really and it it would only you know i only worked on it because of one of the steep dives that i actually like okay you know I tried the, the rejects that it didn't work five times until you finally get it right. Or sometimes uh -huh. I'm Googling the same thing again, but I, I already spawned, oh yeah, I was on this website before. It was this page had the answer for me. And you, I see myself doing the same steps again. Um, <laughs> but because I already know the hard way, I, you know, I, I know where the, I, I started researching and then I, I know where the next step is. And are you now introducing ChatGPT into your, into your SEO tool set? Uh, personally, not too much. Uh, my wife is using all the time. Uh, she works <laughs> in, in product marketing, uh, uh, product uh, marketing management, and she's very excited about it. And I'm, I'm, I'm playing a little bit with Bing uh, to understand what would be the impact uh, straight away. And it's interesting. I, I don't know what the real impact uh, will be. Uh, a lot of people question the, the answers. And, you know, it, because it's so open, it's very easy to find a lot of examples where things are not going well. Mm -hmm. And you always will, right? You know, you can format a question. You can ask the same questions in 10 different ways until you find one that has a problem. Say, oh, look at this. Nobody can trust this. But mm -hmm. I don't know how people will use it on the day to day. I'm I'm curious to see it. Um, as everybody else, I'm a little bit worried, but also aware that it's not a choice. I you know it's something yeah. we have to embrace. Uh, if I'm worried or not, if I say good or bad things about it, it doesn't really matter too much. If people are using in you know in, in a high scale, or you you join the game, or you're not playing the game anymore. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And what would be your tips for someone just starting out in SEO? What should they be doing? What shouldn't they be doing? I think as, um, I, I mean, I, I gave this advice a lot of, a lot of times and I, I've heard from a lot of people as well, is that you just have to go and test things yourself. 
um, if you're starting SEO, maybe you're a junior at an agency or you just got an internship, um, pick a topic that you like, create your own website, start looking at the you know, search console and seeing things that are happening on a place that you can just do whatever you want. Um, because if you're, you know, if you're working with a client and you want to make a change, you need their approval, you need, there's so many yeah. layers until something gets done and it might not get done the way you want. So like in one of those deep dives years ago, I'll be on, okay, I really want to understand how the structured data thing works. So I would start copy and paste the code and it wouldn't work. And, but I, you know, and, and I made it work at the end, um, but only because I had my own website. So I could just create something there. If a page broke or if something disappeared for whatever reason, it's okay because it's, you know, it's not anybody's uh, uh, resource or anybody else's money. Um, so you can have the place to, to do things the way you want. And I think there's a different meaning as well for you. Um, like I have my SEO website. I publish every, I don't know, three, four, six months. Uh, mm -hmm. Once in a while I publish an article and it's, it's, it has a different meaning when you look at uh, GA and say, oh, I got this many visits. Oh, well, who are the referral sources? Like, oh, I'm on this newsletter that I didn't know. And and it has a much different meaning than it just looking at a client. Oh, yeah, you had a 100% increase uh, month to month on MQLs. Uh, are you interested in uh, spending some more money on PPC or yeah. you know, giving them a different opportunity? You're just so proud of what you achieved that people are interested on purely your thoughts and not uh, you representing someone else. Um, and it makes you a lot more excited about uh, trying new things and, and building things. So my advice is start your own, your own website on any topic that you're passionate about. That's a great insight. I can honestly say that nothing makes me as happy as seeing a spike in GA for my own website <laughs> or, or GSC. <laughs> it's nice. Yeah, it's very nice. Uh, who would you like to, gi to give a shout out to? Who should we start following? So I'm going to give a shout out to three people. Um, mm -hmm. One is uh, Leda Salas. Um, she already got shout outs here before, but I think she's such a nice person. She, uh, as Lydia said on her uh, podcast, she, she just brings people up, you know, yeah. like she gives shout out to a lot of people she gives opportunity to a lot of people to you know make their names and and highlight so and it's very nice yeah. when you see someone on the top that is bringing a lot more people uh to to join them and barry adams i mentioned his name many times as well uh, some people love him some people hate him and he has always <laughs> been he has always been so nice to me uh you know from I don't know how many years ago, the, the day I met him, he invited me to write for State of Digital and I was on a transition considering moving to Dublin. And a lot of things happened around that period that made me very excited about taking the the leap and, and moving and just meeting him. And it's like, oh, this is like a, a top SEO and it's, you know, giving me attention. We are having a chat and I'm learning a lot and he's inviting me to to write for a website that he manages. Uh, and every other time that I ask him something, he would give me a good answer. So, uh, you know, I, I like very, very much. And 
I want uh, I would like to give a final shout out to my boss actually not just mm -hmm. because he's my boss uh, but because he's honestly a very good manager um, he knows how to manage things that maybe other people would get a, a bit too stressed about and I don't see him even when something's not going the right in the right direction uh, I can see he's really good talking with different stakeholders within SEO and outside SEO and putting a plan together. And from, I, I had a, I were, I only had very few cases where I had a, a really bad manager, um, but he's very open with me, even when things are not the, you know, the, the best scenario, he will tell me, actually, I don't know how to do this. Let's uh, try to find out yeah. with someone else, maybe this person, that person. And I like that honesty, um, on on things in general his name is sam brennan uh, by the way don't know if i mentioned before but uh, great i think you haven't yeah <laughs> okay awesome so where can people find you and follow you what's the best place yeah um i am on linkedin gus Pelogia. i'm on twitter as well and at Pelogia. and after four years i will go uh, again to brighton in in april oh nice so it's been quite some time since I've been to a conference and, uh, and I'm quite excited to meet in person um, people like contacts that I've made in, in the last few years yeah. that have been some, like some people even had video calls, but I have never actually met in person. Yeah. So I'm, um, I'm looking forward to it. Are you going to be a speaker? No, no. I, uh, I, I pitched a couple of times. Never got a yes. I will yeah, pitch again for me too. Me September. too. I also pitched Let's and see. also didn't get there. But I am going as an <laughs> attendee. <laughs> I will. I will be ready. So my my strategy now is I'm gonna have a pitch ready this month, and mm -hmm. because usually the day after the, the conference is when Kevin is saying, "Okay, we're looking for speakers." So I want to have that ready for the moment that they are looking uh -huh. at uh, at the pitches. Mine is already there. Yeah, yeah, that's a good strategy. <laughs> so let's see. I've been a bit late. In, yeah, uh, me too. Last me too. time, so that that could be a reason. Yeah. That I didn't get in, but we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Fingers awesome. crossed for us. Yeah, exactly. So thank you, thank you so much for this talk. It was super interesting. Well, thank you for inviting me. Hopefully, the people that are listening uh, also got something interesting from it. I'm pretty sure that's the case. So thanks everyone and see you in the next episode. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Right. Bye.